You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast over here at the Locked On Podcast Network, your daily bite-sized Broncos podcast, keeping it to you within 30 minutes or less, unless we have a great interview like we did yesterday with Broncos safety Will Parks on his expectations heading into 2019, what the offseason is going to look like for him, and obviously reflecting on his growth as a player and as a team in 2018. The Broncos facing a lot of changes, and he's very optimistic, very excited about what the future may hold getting ready to get into that preparation to take a few weeks off here in the offseason and then hit the grind starting it all up this month so the grind never stops in the NFL and it never stops over here at Lockdown Broncos we've already had a tremendous start to the year from listeners of Lockdown Broncos with the insane amount of downloads we've had already to start the year very very thankful for all the continued support all the avid listeners that listen every single day and in 2018 we averaged 16,000 downloads per month here on the podcast in 2019 my goal, I want us to get 25,000 downloads per month here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. That opens it up to what we're going to be able to do for every single one of you guys. Thank you for your continued support. Anytime a show posts, you obviously listen to it like you guys always do, but share it out on your social medias. Retweet it, share it, create tweets, send people to Locked On Broncos podcast. If you have family members that are Broncos fans that don't know about this podcast, connect them to it. 25,000 downloads per month. That's the goal over here at the Locked On Broncos podcast. And also we're close to 100 reviews on iTunes. So go to iTunes and leave a review of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Tell us why you love the show and leave your Twitter handle in the review. And guess what? You will be automatically entered into every single Lockdown Broncos contest giveaway that we're going to do. And starting this month, we're going to be doing a monthly giveaway every single month. So we've got some cool promo deals for every single one of you guys that listen to the show. We had a Broncos lander getting sent out. I'm approaching 10,000 followers on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. So once I reach that, I told you guys, I told listeners of the show, once I reach 10,000 followers on on Twitter, we're doing a jersey giveaway, and the winner of that will receive a jersey of their choice from the team of their choice. Hopefully, it's Broncos. You never know. Whoever's listening out there and joins the giveaway, uh, so you're gonna receive a jersey of your choice for the player of your choice, and it will ship directly to your door. We'll get it for you guys here over the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Also. Be sure to save in your context right now. Pull your phone open right now and save our text and our call in line under the contact name Locked On Broncos at 970-541-2966. Save it into your phone. Text us. Call us anytime to leave your Broncos takes. Your analysis will share them here on air in the audio format, and we'll read off the text messages whenever we receive them. That's our Lockdown Broncos text or call in line, 970-541-2966. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the National Football League and the Denver Broncos, as well as the columnist over at PredominantlyOrange.com. Be sure to follow them on Twitter, at PredomOrange. Great group of guys that I work with over there, great staff of writers and columnists. They give you Broncos coverage, opinions, and analysis as well. One of the most objective places to be. That's one thing I really pride about 
about predominantly orange. There's a lot of great other outlets out there as well, but guess what? You know, got to show my love for uh, my predominantly orange guys as well. So on today's episode of Locked On Broncos, we have some jam-packed action for you here. Obviously, we're going to go through our daily Broncos rundown here in segment number one. In segment number two, I think it's important to really take a look at what the rookies have done for the Denver Broncos this year. I felt the rookie class in 2018 contributed massively to what the Broncos have in store for their future. So we're going to take a look at all of the rookies in 2018 on the Broncos draft class and see which ones stepped up, which ones stood out, and which ones are just waiting for their opportunity. That's segment number two. And segment number three, Cameron and I, we give you our NFL wildcard weekend picks here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right into the action here. Yesterday, the Broncos had signed 10 players to future contracts. Now, some of these players, no surprise, guys that had contributed to the Broncos, whether it be practice squad or also they got some game reps. And so with that, you know, let's take a look down the list. The Broncos signed Fred Brown to a futures contract, former wide receiver out of Mississippi State, six foot one, 195 pound guy. He's been in the NFL for about one year. He's getting some NFL experience there. He's going to be a guy that they're probably going to bring into training camp and OTAs. He's going to get some reps there. Also, a guy they used to have on their practice squad and roster a little bit earlier in the year, Garrett Grayson quarterback out of Colorado State. He's signed to a futures contract. A little bit of development there. And then wide receiver Chad Hansen, who spent some time with the New York Jets, he was signed to a futures contract as well on Wednesday. Alexander Johnson, no secret there for the Broncos. A, a guy that, you know, I'd say in the preseason lit up some some big, big hits on special teams on kickoff. He's a guy that they're really excited about at inside linebacker, rookie out of Tennessee, getting his career back on track after some things that had happened earlier on in his early playing careers in his collegiate days that prohibited him from getting his start off in the NFL. And then we have Andres Knapp, who is a tackle. The Broncos looking to develop some more tackles for them as well. Six foot eight, 350 pounds out of Connecticut. Kashad Lyons, defensive lineman, they signed to a futures contract, six foot four. 310 pounds could be a possible nose guard here for the Broncos in the future, depending on what they decide to do defensively. But obviously, bringing in some bodies here for OTAs, mini camp, and eventually, once we get into training camp as well, it's going to be a huge, huge thing. Kalfani Muhammad, a guy, a short guy in the National Football League, former running back out of Cal, spent some time on the Broncos practice squad towards the end of the season here. One of the key guys didn't really get activated, especially after Philip Lindsay got hurt. You know, he was a guy that just kind of played on their practice squad. He's a little bit of a versatile type guy. Guy that they use in different things to the practice so I get different looks but obviously he's going to be signed to a futures contract as well Austin Schlotman guard center hybrid type guy six foot six 300 pounds a rookie out of Texas Christian University you know he's he's a guy that you know you can never have enough linemen in the National Football League and Schlotman is a guy that I think will develop pretty nicely under the Broncos coaching staff depending on who they keep intact from that coaching staff who they're going to bring in and obviously when the new head coach is hired for them going forward cornerback Lyndon Stevens brought in a rookie out of Cincinnati, six foot, 193 pounds. The Broncos need more cornerback depth. You know, there was something that really did hurt them in 2018 and, and going into 2019, you know, a key focus in the NFL draft and free agencies for the Broncos is getting another cornerback to help out Chris Harris Jr. Will Bradley Roby be re-signed in Denver? As of right now, we're unsure of that, but we'll keep you covered over here at Locked On Broncos. 
And this next guy, the final guy on the 10 players signed to futures contracts. No surprise here, Shamarco Thomas. He provided some valuable run for the Broncos this year on special teams. Him and DeMonte Thomas were special teams aces. The Broncos had to make a move and obviously release Shamarco Thomas as soon as Sua Cravens got activated for the Broncos. They brought him back. They like what he can do special teams-wise. Tom McMahon likes him, likes the way he can be utilized, and he provides some depth in the Broncos in the secondary where they already have a lot of young guys playing. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Broncos decide to do going forward with these guys. I think a lot of what Shamarco Thomas was able to do for the Broncos this year, he was able to come in and contribute and play right away early on in defensive sets and, and special teams. You know, he's a guy that was an energy type guy for the Broncos, especially on special teams. He'd send guys down there on kickoff. He'd make a big hit and, you know, occasionally when he got in on defense, he made some plays happen. So the Broncos have an eye for Shamarco Thomas. They have a lot of Thomases there, you know, with DeMonte and Shamarco, that 35 and number 38 combination they had going on there, forcing fumbles, recovering fumbles. It was a huge year for Shamarco Thomas. So obviously this is our daily Broncos rundown. The news yesterday, the Broncos signing 10 players to future contracts. That was announced as well. Coming up here in segment number two, we're going to talk about the Broncos rookies of 2018, a rookie class that really had contributed in in a very effective manner for the Broncos. You know, when you look at rookie classes, you don't expect a lot of them to come in and make a difference right away. Well, in 2018, the Broncos made some big splashes with some of these draft picks and people were blown away that, wow, you know, this is a good draft class by John Elway. And, And sure enough, it's proven to be a very valuable one as a lot of these guys have come in and played and contributed well that be on offense, whether it be defense or special teams. Very, very special class. But before we jump into that, I got to tell you guys once again, to remind you guys, call or text us on our Lockdown Broncos call in line, text line 970-541-2966. When you leave a voicemail, you can send to us using your audio here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. So anytime you have a Broncos thought, you have Broncos analysis, you want to share, you want to have your voice heard, call us or text us on our call in line 970-541-2966. Lockdown Broncos podcast. Save it in your phone. I can't even say how much praise I have for this Broncos rookie class that John Elway brought in this year. A lot of these guys contributed right away, and and let you know, let's waste no time. Let's start off here with Bradley Chubb, the guy that fell into the Broncos' laps at pick number five, and and many NFL teams and NFL analysts across the 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 globe of doing what we do here, covering the National Football League, thought, how did this guy fall to number four? Obviously, with the Browns picking Denzel Ward at number five, Baker Mayfield at pick number one. This was the one pick for the Broncos that truly made a lot of sense for this team you know a lot of people are saying well the Broncos should have picked up you know Lamar Jackson you know I I don't think at this time when you go back and you look at that draft class you can really think based on the moves they made in the offseason bringing in Case Keenum was coming off a career year in Minnesota that well you need to go with a guy like Lamar Jackson the Broncos had Chad Kelly who earned that number two quarterback spot Unfortunately for Chad Kelly, he made a mistake and that, that cost him his career playing in the National Football League, at least for the Broncos, you know. So I, I can't factor too much into that in terms of why didn't the Broncos go with Lamar Jackson. But Bradley Chubb, phenomenal, phenomenal rookie season. Broke the NFL, you know, came close to breaking the NFL rookie sack record overall set by Yvonne Kurse at 14 and a half. But, you know, he, he really kind of came close to doing that there. 12 sacks on the year, got some pressure on Philip, but just couldn't get that final sack to kind of push him over the edge. He would have needed three in the season finale against the Los Angeles Chargers in order to break and own that record. But what he's done, he broke Von Miller's rookie record for sacks in an organization, finished the year with 12 sacks overall. 
Bradley Chubb is a very special player. And the, the weird thing about it is, is he really didn't turn on until the Los Angeles Rams game by week five, week six of the NFL regular season. So imagine think if he would have got it a little bit quicker, he could have had that sack record in those other four to five games that the Broncos had already played. You know, he, he got his presence felt there. He evolved week in and week out. He got better week in and week out, became very disciplined. And one thing I really like from him is as, a, as an edge rusher, when you have to maintain that outside contain, that responsibility he would strike the t- you know the shoulder of the tackle on the run. He'd squeeze it down. He'll depth down the line of scrimmage. It's one thing you hear from D line coaches. You know they don't want you to get too far upfield. They want you to squeeze heel depth to keep contained. And Bradley Chubb in the run game did just that. Made plays down the line of scrimmage, open space. They brought him out into coverage several times. He wasn't too bad in coverage. You know the, the problem was the Broncos sometimes would put him out on a speedy guy in coverage. You know or a tailback out of the backfield running a wheel route or you know different types of routes that running backs run. But you know Bradley Chubb definitely exceeded expectations. Expectations I think that Broncos fans had for him initially. So very cool to see Bradley Chubb thriving. And obviously going into his second season here with Von Miller, who's two sacks away from having an NFL career kind of accomplishment with 100 total career sacks in the regular season. With the playoffs, Von Miller's already over 100, but he's two sacks away from 100 in his regular season career. So that's huge for the Broncos and Von Miller. Who knows what the Broncos organization will look like in terms of coaches, defensively, things could change. So, you know, Based on what we saw last year, the Broncos defense was the bright spot for them overall, and they have a bright future here, especially led by rookies like Bradley Chubb, who's evolved week in and week out. Our next guy is Cortland Sutton, who definitely came into training camp. You know, when I went down there in training camp and covered the Broncos and got to be there at practices and be up close and personal and seeing how big he was in person, it it just kind of took my breath away a little bit because I I looked at Demarius Thomas, who's a pretty big sized guy, and you look at him in comparison to Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton is huge. He's massive. He's tall. He's lengthy and he's muscular. He's not like this skinny guy that's just really tall. He is tall and he is built like a brick house. So, you know, that that's one thing that I think for the Broncos going forward, they have a guy in Cortland Sutton that they are going to continue to focus development on. You know, he's really good at the fade ball, the deep ball going up and getting it. Struggled with a little bit of drops here and there. Some of those drops were maybe off his fingertips or maybe out of range. He did have a couple drops in traffic. One thing we're Cortland Sutton is he's going to evolve. He's going to continue to improve on his route running on the short and intermediate style routes. He's got to do a better job of that. I think he will. You know, he's more than just a one trick pony where you throw the ball up and he catches it. He can do that, but he can also do a lot more. And we saw in games against the Chargers that 39 yard catch and run. They had to set up the game winning field goal on the road in LA. He's got that big play capability in him and, and he's going to continue to evolve. He's a guy that was, we thought originally when he was drafted, would be the successor to Demarius Thomas. Well, that came a little early when the Broncos decided to trade Demarius Thomas. So Cortland Sutton did a lot of growing up. He's still got a long ways to go, but a very exciting prospect for the Broncos in the future. Our next guy, Royce Freeman. I, I can't say enough positive things about Royce Freeman, and this is my Oregon bias aside, but Royce Freeman at the beginning of the year earned the Broncos starting running back job, and him and Philip Lindsay were the perfect smash and dash combination. I think the Broncos have to go back to that in 2019 with Royce Freeman as the starter you know a lot of people say oh Royce you know really struggled towards the end of the year he kind of fell off well you know when you deal with a high ankle sprain that affected Royce Freeman for those three to four weeks that he after he came back from that injury that did have an ill effect on him you know NFL defenses really figured out how to stop Philip Lindsay which we'll get to here in a little while the Royce Freeman is that guy that will be that power runner in between the tackles and then you can hit an NFL defense on the edge with counter toss or stretch plays and even occasional inside dives with Royce 
you know, Philip Lindsay. So you can open it up a little bit. I think that will open up the Broncos playbook. Royce Freeman proved to be very valuable in that. Pass pro, he did pretty good at. But obviously, staying healthy is, a, is the concern there for Royce Freeman. I think he'll be fine. He's pretty durable. That high ankle sprain, though, affected him as it affects many other NFL players. I have nothing but positive things to say about Royce Freeman. When he was healthy at the beginning of the year, him and Philip Lindsay were very, very dynamic. They were getting things going as well. So our next guy, Isaac Yadam, a guy that you guys heard me rant and rave about so many times. Love Isaac Yadam and his potential as a Bronco. He experienced his first ever NFL career pick in the Week 17 finale against the Los Angeles Chargers. He has a lot of great tools to him. His strength, obviously, is one of them. His hips are very, very strong in terms of being able to run hip-to-hip with a wide receiver. He's very, very disciplined. Got thrown into the fire a little bit this year, you know, against Baltimore, against, you know, Michael Crabtree. He gave up a 45-yard catch. Really good coverage. Just Michael Crabtree made a great catch there. And then he got thrown into the fire against the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against Antonio Brown. This is where we saw more confidence with Isaac Adam. He separated his shoulder in the 49ers game, came back and played the next week against the Browns. He got things going. And one thing I like about Isaac Adam, he's a technician. He's got a lot of tools that I think with time and development will be very, very good. Obviously picking the brains of Chris Harris Jr. You know, Greg Williams, cornerbacks coach has a lot of high praise for him. So Isaac Adam, Keep balling, my man. Very excited to see what he can do for the Broncos in the future and what they decide to do. And our next guy, man, I can't say enough about a lot of these rookies is Josie Jewell, who really stepped in big time. Brandon Marshall was dealing with a knee injury throughout the majority of, of the year. You know, he suffered it a little bit against the Seahawks and, and against the Raiders, too. It really kind of lingered uh, throughout the entire course of the regular season. And so Brandon Marshall wasn't completely healthy in 2018. Josie Jewell, very, very instinctual type guy. And my best comparison to, you know, for Josie Jewell is a guy like Luke Keekley. Not not necessarily to the status yet that Luke Keekley is, but his instincts, his ability to drop back into coverage. I like what I've seen from Josie Jewell. He's very good at reading guard pulls. However, sometimes my only knack is sometimes he does tend to get caught on double teams in terms of when he goes to scrape on, on an interior on a run play. When a guard pulls, he goes to field. Sometimes he'll get caught on a double team. He's got to work at attacking an outside shoulder, being able to maneuver, attacking one side, being able to maneuver as an inside linebacker. But he's been very, very huge in sideline pursuit against running backs, especially in coverage against tight ends or tailbacks out of the backfield. Josie Jewell definitely rose and grew tremendously for the Broncos here. And then the next guy that did get drafted here in round four, pick 113, that did play a lot and it was very valuable for the Broncos was Deshaun Hamilton, a guy who evolved as a slot option for them, a key guy that can make some catches. I mean, he made some tough catches while getting hit. I mean, there was one catch he had where he got hit and helmet to helmet by two different defenders and he held on to the ball. You know, he got plagued. He got injured a little bit uh, with a MCL injury on a punt return, you know, where the guy didn't see him call for the fair catch and hit him low. And that's just one of those freak, freak plays that you see happen. And unfortunately, he had to sit out several weeks due to that, which was definitely an ill-advised thing for the Broncos. That kind of hurt him a little bit. But Deshaun Hamilton came in towards the end of the year with the Broncos, with Tim Patrick, with Cortland Sutton. And he was a guy that stood out. And, and say both those guys there, Patrick and Sutton, they did a phenomenal job. And, and Hamilton was a guy that really kind of took the pressure, I think, off of Case Keenum in a sense, because teams would put a safety over the top of Cortland Sutton. So Deshaun Hamilton was that guy that was reliable to go across the middle of the field, to go linear. You know, So for Deshaun Hamilton, I think his role is going to evolve next year. He's going to learn a lot from Emmanuel Sanders if the Broncos decide to bring him back. Troy Fumagalli, unfortunately, 
one of the disappointing things was just injury. That hernia injury lingered, and he had to be shut down for the whole entire year on IR. So the Broncos in injuries to the tight end position have not been very good. We'll see what Troy Fumagalli will do in OTA's mini camp and training camp going forward. Same thing with Sam Jones. He got a little bit of run towards the end of the year, got activated. Uh, I think he's going to develop. Like I said, you can never have enough linemen. Keyshawn Bieria, I thought did really well for the Broncos in terms of special teams. He was a guy that got a lot of consistent reps there. I think he's going to continue to evolve and, and maybe be able to be a rotational guy at linebacker. You never know. It could be one of those Wesley Woodyard type players. So, you know, definitely a little bit more from him to be desired. We're going to see a little bit more of him in 2019. I firmly believe that. Um, David Williams, the last pick of his Broncos draft class, really, you know, he, he didn't really get much run. He got pulled to another team. He was a special teams guy. And then, you know, he got picked up by the Jaguars. So, those are the, the made picks, but the made guy, the star of this whole entire rookie class for the Broncos, Philip Lindsay, went undrafted and could have had a chance to sign with another NFL team, but he decided to stay home and he became a very, very big and special story by the Denver Broncos and what he's done, the local guy. I mean, I don't know how many times for you, you could have created a drinking game out of it with how many times the broadcast would mention a local guy out of Colorado, Denver South, went to high school there, going to see you, local see you guy and staying home in Denver. I mean, how many times you heard that you could have invented a drinking game, but Philip Lindsay was an unsung MVP, a hero for this Broncos offense and team this year. He was a spark plug that that wrapped off over a thousand yards rushing, twelve hundred total yards all purpose, ten total touchdowns as an undrafted rookie. Set a lot of records, made the Pro Bowl. Unfortunately, in that Raiders game got hurt. So I think the sky's the limit for a guy like Philip Lindsay. He's a guy that's very determined. He's a workhorse and he's going to do a lot of things in the National Football League. So the Broncos, twenty eighteen draft class, the rookies drafted both undrafted, making an impact for them right away and that's a special thing for a core nucleus of young guys going forward as this Broncos team looks to get back on track back to the winning ways speaking of that the NFL playoffs start this weekend we're going to talk about our NFL picks from wild card weekend coming up here in just a second Diving into our NFL picks, it is playoff wildcard weekend here in the National Football League. And like always, despite the Broncos not being in the postseason, we are going to talk about some of these matchups. We're going to give our picks. And I tweeted out my picks at Cody Rourke NFL. Very eager to hear what you guys have to say as well. But let's get into our first matchup. Obviously, Saturday is the first day of the wildcard round. And what features a matchup between the Colts going on the road to take on the Houston Texans divisional opponent. The Texans have been unable to stop T.Y. Hilton and the Colts right now they look red hot Andrew Luck has cemented comeback player of the year in my honest opinion they are a dangerous dangerous team for this Texans team that did lose not only just Demarius Thomas but Will Fuller earlier in the year and teams are going to now they're going to focus singularly on DeAndre Hopkins Cam I've got the Colts winning this one going on the road beating the Texans what's your pick? I'm actually going to go with the Colts because if you think about it, you know, there's another team that's in the AFC that arguably both of these teams might end up being one of the more scarier teams in the entire playoff picture, both Colts and then the team that we'll be talking about later. The the thing that makes the Colts scary, kind of like the other team we'll talk about for the Colts, though, this time around, they have defense now. They have defense. And oh, by the way, they have maybe the comeback player of the year in Andrew Luck, who who is clearly proven that he's still got it. He's still one of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League. But the fact they have defense to go with it and the Texans will end up being shorthanded on their offensive side of the ball. I think it will make for it. Now, the, the other thing to keep in mind, this is a divisional game. 
So they've seen each other for this third time. They've seen each other quite a bit. So I think for the Colts, I, my guess is that uh, you're going to see them with the upper hand. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think Andrew Luck's going to sling it around, and he looks really good doing it right now. He's a dangerous, dangerous quarterback in the National Football League. So both Cameron and I have the Colts over the Texans. Our next Saturday matchup is Saturday evening. You have the Seahawks going on the road to take on the Dallas Cowboys and and a team that's really put it on despite a, a rough start for them at the beginning of the year. I think the Seahawks have evolved into one of the most dangerous teams in the National Football League, and now they're in the playoffs because of it. They're going on the road to take on the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. And in this matchup, we saw how the Seahawks played against the Kansas City Chiefs. They really got it going defensively. Despite them being, you know, a high-scoring game, I felt as if the Seahawks were a lot closer to really competing well with the Chiefs than any other team in the National Football League did this year. Slowing down their high-scoring offense, the high-paced ops, you know, offense there with Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, they really limited. I felt like his ability to do a lot of things in that matchup. So I have the Seahawks going on the road and beating the Cowboys one and done. I just don't think the Cowboys have the consistency in them to win another playoff game. They have a tendency to not show up when it comes to the playoffs. Seahawks right now are red hot. They're flying high. They're soaring Seahawks over the Cowboys. Yeah, I think with um, the the Seahawks and the Cowboys, the, the fascinating thing about this one is the Seahawks are finally in the playoffs. And we know exactly what they've been historically when they've been in the playoffs. So I, I think if you look at them, they're also kind of that scary team in the NFC. So I, I think if you look at Seattle, you, you absolutely have to be impressed with where they've been. And if you're a Bronco fan, you're pretty impressed with the fact that you beat Seattle now in the opening week of the season. So I'm going. I'm actually going to go with Seattle over Dallas. See, we're on the same page here. Lockdown Broncos. We want to know your picks. Tweet us at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Rourke NFL at Cameron Parker PO. Tweet us your NFL picks for this weekend. Our next Sunday games, and we have in the wild card round. You have the Chargers going on the road. They didn't want to do this. Going on the road to take on the Ravens. And I tell you what, Cam, based on watching that Week 17 game when the Broncos took on the Chargers, to me, the Chargers, the way that they came out and performed, I have tremendous doubts now that they will do anything in the playoffs. I think the Ravens, defensively, one of the top teams in the National Football League in terms of their defense. They're getting it going offensively now with Lamar Jackson, just such a dynamic player. He's got the ability to do a lot of different things. He's evolving as a player, getting more experience. The last time these two teams met, it was a close game. It was a, it was a dog fight. The Ravens forced a turnover late, returned that for a score, and the rest is history. The Ravens, in my opinion, are the sleeper team this year for any NFL team. I think this is the team that will, and you heard it here first, I think the Ravens will end up in the AFC Championship game this year against the Indianapolis Colts. That's my bold take, my bold prediction. I tweeted out my bracket at Curry Work NFL. little spoiler alert there, but I don't see the Chargers going on the road and playing well against the Ravens, especially in an early game where they have to travel all the way to the East Coast. This is going to be a huge, huge wrench in the plans for the Chargers, and I think the Ravens right now are playing such red-hot football. They're the team that's going to come out on top. Are you gonna? Are you and I gonna have like this like sweep the entire time for the the playoff picks? Because I'm going Ravens too. Because the the scary thing about the the Ravens and the Chargers game, it, it, the Chargers didn't look really good at all against the the, the Denver Broncos. I mean, they looked pathetic. To, to, to be honest. And so certainly it, it, this isn't a divisional game. 
But the fact is, is that they've played each other now three times, and that's rare. That's actually very rare uh, in the NFL when you can get a, a team that plays each other three times and they're not in division. But well, the sec- this will be the second or, time. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Um, but I, I think I mean I think it'll be a fantastic game. But I think the Ravens, once again. They're, the Ravens are in the playoffs now. The the interesting thing that's obviously the the overarching thing of this story would be obviously the Ravens beat the Browns, but what does officially quote unquote officially the state or the 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 the, the stuff of John Harbaugh. Is it true? I mean, so I mean, do I think that's certainly an under under the liar um, story of it all? But I, I I'm going to go with Ravens. I got Ravens over Chargers. Our next game will determine if we have a sweep or not here, and it's the Eagles and the Bears. Now, the Eagles got into the playoffs by playing good football late with Nick Foles leading that charge, you know, especially against the Houston Texans. That was a huge thing for them to make the playoffs a couple weeks ago and going out in this last game. You know, Nick Foles got hurt, the chest injury, rib injury. He should be good to go for this matchup, but they got to go to Chicago. They got to go to Chicago and they got to play the Bears who have the top ranked NFL defense. Mitch Trubisky in that offense, they're playing pretty darn good football right now. And the Chicago Bears, in my opinion, you know, I think they're going to make it to the NFC Championship. This is a team I think is going to win this matchup. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears prepare for a guy like Darren Sproles and, and Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. You know, for Alshon Jeffrey, this is coming back. This is a huge game for him coming back to Chicago where he used to start it off his NFL career. And, you know, he said something in the media this week that got his comments kind of twisted a little bit, according to him. And he didn't mean any disrespect to Chicago. He said, but Philly's home. And he didn't really appreciate Chicago in a sense down there, especially with everything that was happening within the organization but these teams are completely different now and Chicago is red hot they're a scary team and I got the Chicago Bears winning this one on Sunday oh boy we do have a sweep don't we <laughs> Chicago Bears over the Philadelphia Eagles that's my pick uh, the defense is just better now granted the granted the way the Philadelphia Eagles came into that Chicago Bears game or just sorry uh, into this Chicago Bears game just sort of squeaking in that that's scary because let's just say the Philadelphia Eagles do beat the Chicago Bears. Then you are looking at maybe the Ravens of the NFC because once again, they snuck into the playoffs. They have a Nick Foles. I mean, are we looking at part two here? I doubt it. But I mean, you know, you're, you're looking at that scenario with the Chicago Bears, though. Chicago Bears over Philly that Chicago's defense is just incredible. They're the best defense in the National Football League. And if Vic Fangio is the favorite for the Denver Broncos coaching job, Broncos might have to wait. <laughs> And I think they're not opposed to that. I mean, essentially, too, you know, if it were announced that Vic Fangio was the next head coach for the Denver Broncos, you know, he'd still finalize his contract. He obviously finished out his his obligations with the Chicago Bears, even though it would probably be announced if the Broncos did, in fact, hire it to, you know, hire him and offer the job to him and he, and he took it. The announcement would be made, but it wouldn't be official till after the Bears season was over. So that's still a possibility. I don't think it's going to delay anything, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, like I mentioned in yesterday's show, Kyle Fuller at cornerback.
cornerback has played phenomenally well, having a career year, eight interceptions during the regular season, tied that with two other players, Xavier Howard down there in Miami. You know, very promising year for him. He's definitely a key to watch here going up against Alshon Jeffrey. These guys know each other. They have a history. You know, these guys got into it, you know, several times. So I, I feel like back in their Chicago days in practice, things got chippy. This is going to be a chippy game, and I'm excited to see it. Hard-hitting football, Bears-Eagles, and those are our NFL picks for the NFL Wild Card Weekend.